Welcome to the Moments of Illumination podcast. Each episode, you will hear stories from everyday people sharing remembrances of a shift in consciousness, self-discovery, or moments of illumination. This is Linda, your host. Today's episode is Healing in Times of Grief. Hello, Diane, and welcome to this show. Hi, Linda. It's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. We're going to talk a little bit today about when you were in the hospital for an emergency appendectomy. Yep, appendectomy. Yep. And you had an experience with me when I was giving you Reiki postoperatively. But before we get into that story, let's start with a little information about you and Ken. You and your husband, Ken, met in like 1980, was it? He was a surgeon and you were a nurse? Yes, surgical resident in Boston at uh, one of the hospitals there. And I was a a nurse. So he was still in his training. Uh, It was about 1980. 1979, maybe, 79, 80, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of his career, he was a surgeon, an author, a speaker, and mentor. And his mission until his untimely passing had been to find ways to improve communication and outcomes for physicians, hospital leaders, and patients. Mm Mm-hmm. His big thing was communication. Yep. Uh, And he loved mentoring um, young people, Um, uh, whether they were a physician or not, Uh, young people in their beginning of their careers, even our own kids. (laughs) When you met, Ken had received a premonition from a psychic reader. Can you tell us about it? Well, he told me about it later, Um, but she, this woman, was an OR nurse. So he knew her from, you know, being a surgical resident. And uh, I think she's from the islands. And um, she read his palm one day and um, talked about his marriages. Uh, I'm Ken's second wife. Um, He said, she told him that he was going to have a short first marriage. And I think his first marriage was already breaking up. Um, But his second marriage would be um, long and a, a good relationship and she said you you'd know you'd know who that you found her she's going to be very concerned about how she looked or her hair and then one day we were um, on a date I think we were going to the beach I'm not sure it doesn't I'm, maybe that's wrong but we were on a date and I kind of in passing complained about my hair. I said, oh, my hair, such a mess. I can't do anything with it, something like that. And he took that as a clue and a sign that, oh my goodness, is she the one? (laughs) And in his kind of hyperbole way of things, he he said, he tells the story by saying, and I almost drove off the road when she said that. (laughs) But I don't remember. 
dramatically. <laughs> I don't really remember saying that, but I would say those things. Ken got sick out of the blue some 30 years into their marriage. And it was about 11 months from diagnosis until his untimely passing. It was 11 months a day, actually. It was from diagnosis to his death. And just a few months after he passed, you underwent an experience of your own. Yeah, it was three months later, um, September of 2015. Um, I wasn't feeling well. I was feeling pain in my lower abdomen. Um, it was a Friday, a full moon. And I said, I better get into the local hospital uh, being a Friday night and a full moon before it gets too much later here. And I um, was diagnosed with appendicitis. And it was the next day that um, I had um, an appendectomy. And, um, and I, it took me a little while to recover. So um, it, was, it was kind of scary because it was soon after he had died. And, you know, it's just still fragile. So, um, but, it, but everything worked out. Um, you were very supportive during that time. Uh, you came right in. My sister was there. And um, you visited me after the surgery, once I got to the floor, back to my bed. And um, you were recovering really slowly, as I remember. It was taking you some time to come around. And the team was trying to figure out why it was going so slowly. Well, um, they wanted to keep me around for a while to continue some IV antibiotics. Yeah, that and... I think I, I think they, my opinion is they started me on some food too soon and I didn't, didn't settle well. So, um, yeah, you, you would come in to visit. They, they sent me down to x-ray in a wheelchair for another, uh, film of, of the abdomen. I remember, I remember you, when, when they came to take me, you were with me. So you came down to x-ray with me and, you know, they sit you in the hallway um, while you wait for the technician to take you in. And it was good to have you there. And um, you were, you were rubbing my shoulders and my back and felt really, really good. Um, more so, not in the massage way, but it felt warm and soothing. That was the aspect I was feeling. I, you know, I know about Reiki, um, but I never... And I really haven't had it done um, regularly or much at all, but I really felt through your, your hands that I could really feel the warmth coming through to my body that was ailing. I never uh, felt from the people who worked on me what I felt from you. Yeah. Because I remember the day that you were sitting there in your room I could just feel intuitively where to lay my hands. And as soon as I put my hands on your back, it was like um, jumper cables. There was so much energy that went through my hand. 
it felt like a spark and you said, oh, you know, it, it happened at the same time. And I think that it was just that afternoon that you started getting better. Yeah. You know, I didn't want you to leave once I got back up to the room. It was so, um, felt so good. Soothing. Yeah. What Diane didn't realize at the time was that her will center needed a jump start. Her life partner of 30 years was gone only three months from her life. When Reiki was offered, the universal life force energy was pulled into the corresponding energy center of the solar plexus, which is where the power of will resides. By no mistake of her own, her energy was depleted by the grief she was carrying from such a new and profound loss. The Reiki master who performed my level one and two attunements worked as a medical social worker at Mass General for a number of years and was instrumental in bringing the practice of Reiki into the hospital system. The ancient healing technique of healing through relationship is really an attribute in good nursing. Over 50 years ago, Dr. Francis Peabody wrote in the Journal of the American Medical Association that one of the essential qualities of the clinician is interest in humanity. For the secret of the care of the patient is caring for the patient. One of the keys to meeting the conditions for the experience of healing to come of itself is to include the qualities of connection and care of the patient in the healing relationship. I think it's just in good nursing, they know that it's just all about focus on the patient, but I think that Reiki is really a great tool to bridge that um, interpersonal relationship. Mm -hmm. When we go through a life-changing process and begin to look for healing in our lives, we begin to experience chance miraculous encounters like the one Diane had this week while serving as a substitute nurse in the local school system. This chance encounter provided her with an opportunity to extend what she had experienced and learned, another key in meeting the conditions for the experience to come of itself is being open to offering help and healing when opportunity arises. You know how I am about coincidences. There's no such thing as a coincidence. And um, people we meet on our journey, um, it's not a coincidence. I met, I worked in the middle school today doing uh, hearing assessments. And um, I met a seventh grade girl. Um, she come, we, we do the hearing in a 
quiet, private rooms because they need to hear soft sounds through the headphones. Um, this girl comes in and um, her sweatshirt says Stowe, as in Stowe, Vermont. Okay. And that's my maiden name, everybody. So I'm like, oh, Stowe, that's my maiden name. Oh, and, and so she sits down and, and what's your name? She said, my name is Lilac. I forget what her last name was. Her first name is Lilac. Now, my husband loved lilacs, as you know. Okay, so I get I like to get chatty with them sometimes. And I, I, I said, oh, interesting. And I started talking. You know, I could have just said, okay, that's nice. And said, okay, here are your headphones. Let's do the hearing test. But that's not me. I kind of chit-chat a little. And I said to her, oh, well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this little story. Two two summers ago, I got a new um, iPhone, and it's it's um, lilac. It's lilac. It's called, it's per light purple, and it's called lilac. And um, the interesting thing is, um, I lost my husband about seven years ago, and the, the lilacs were his favorite color, color, well, favorite flower, and he loved smelling them, and. Um, so um, they bring out all these phones to me to pick what color I want. And I see the, the lilac one and the name lilac. And I go, oh. And my daughter and I, she was with me. We noticed that the numbers, whatever these numbers are on a phone, on the box, came through as 624, which was the date of my husband's passing, June 24th. And my daughter sees that and goes, oh, my goodness, mom, look at the numbers on the lilac colored phone. Well. We knew he was around us and we had to, I got the lilac colored phone. So, okay, so I tell her this story and she, she, she's polite and she listens and then we do the hearing test. And at the end of the hearing test, I forget how it started, but she shares with me that um, her father had passed away this past November, which was three months ago, three, three, three or four months ago from right now and that on the recent winter school vacation she and her mom went to um, New Orleans on a trip that the, the whole family had planned while he was alive but but he wasn't there because he had passed so while they were there there were a couple things that happened and I forget exactly what she said now but um, signs that she knew he was there something two things happened I, I can't remember what she said but it was like oh yeah dad liked that or oh yeah dad liked that and because of that they had a better time on the trip because they knew he was around and they knew he was happy that they were on the trip that all of them had planned so I said to her see just like my phone story same thing and I said to her you know you and I were meant to cross paths today. We were meant to meet today and share this. So I said, here, let me give you a hug, honey. And I gave, we hugged one another and off she went. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. might have shared, oh, my father had, has passed away, but she did because I opened up with my story. Oh, and it must've been so healing to like share that and get the validation. Mm -hmm. And I think for her, she probably realized through my story that these things do happen. This is what happened to me with the phone and the number. And what happened to her in New Orleans, New Orleans was 
oh, I forget. I wish I could remember what she said it was, but it was that it does happen. And I encouraged her to pay attention. I said, pay attention to these signs because that's how they tell us they're here with us. So she's a seventh grader. What she got out of it, you know, I don't know how much she'll remember, but I, I'm confident she remembers something. So healing, so nice to be seen and heard and validated. By no mistake that you encountered each other, like you said, there's no chance encounters, you know. Yeah, it was meant to be. It really was. Yep. And then I believe in music. Any music I hear that meant something to Ken and me, it's like I sit up a little straighter and go, okay, I'm here. What's up? You know, so I, I pay attention. Uh, a cardinal in the backyard, I pay attention. Um, a beautiful rainbow or a beautiful day, you know, that snaps you out of your everyday being and errands and what I pay attention. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I've learned to appreciate since his passing. At the end of a long journey, the legacy we leave behind is one for which we do not plan, but attend to thoughtfully and in innumerable ways. Collaboration is, in the end, an agreement to join together functionally to uplift outcomes for our family, life, community, and world. It is both the means and ends to the question of legacy. Thank you for listening to the Moments of Illumination podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at moi.podcast or email us at momentsofillumination at gmail.com.